during COVID, we we thought let's let's invest in our brand. So previously, what we've done it a little bit different is that we're a hundred percent white label platform. So we found channel partners, and the channel partners essentially they they grew our business. You are listening to conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We've got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hey guys, my guest today is James O'Neill. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Wild Jar. It's his first startup. They're bootstrapped, launched in 2016. And he did this all after being born in New Zealand, grew up in Australia, now building this company from Scotland. James, ready to take us to the top? Yeah, it's good. Thanks right. for having me. All right, so what is Wild Jar? What are you guys doing? Are you a SaaS business? Yes, yeah, so we're SaaS. Uh, we're a call tracking and analytics platform. Uh, so we help businesses and, and marketers optimize and, and drive revenue from the inbound phone calls. And give me a sense of you know how you fit in this space. Oh, it's a very crowded space. There's a lot of VC-backed companies spending way too much money in this space. What niche have you carved out for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we, um, myself and the co-founder, so we came from a similar space and um, I'm from an agency background as well. And we really looked at the market in, in terms of what we needed to do. And, and we saw that you know a lot of them were doing the self-serve, low-cost, um, high volume, and then there's sort of that enterprise model as well. Um, so where we fit is sort of right in the middle of it all, uh, where our model is more, from an onboarding perspective, it's, it, it is a full self-serve, but we we work with them in the first three months to get to, move to a point where they can self-serve and move forward, but we found it just fits really nicely in terms of our model. So so, so what are customers paying on average per month to use the technology? Uh, so the so last month it was 970 Okay, so so not not small business, not enterprise, sort of somewhere in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, and then the backstory: you launched this in 2016. How'd you guys fund the MVP? Uh, so bootstrapped it. So um, myself and a founder, we were at uh, another business, and we actually had this model within. It was sort of a traditional telco, and we wanted to take it to the business, and and it, and it didn't work out. I was head of product strategy. Um, my founder was head of technology. Uh, so I left, uh, went back to agency world. My family has an agency and I was working in that and really wanted to obviously focus on, on the call side as much as we were good at. Um, so plugged it in there, did a bit of an MVP, went, reached out to my co-founder and said, look, I think we need to you know, spin off a new business. He's from Italy. He flew back to Italy and had three months at his family. And then we just sort of went from there. So. Are you a developer? How did you write the code for the MVP? 
Yeah, so um, it was really simple. It was purely using other platforms. So use like a Twilio startup to, tr- to start on that. Um, use the scripting. So using like Optimizely for like split testing to just show, you know, landing page from Google Ads because it was really just to start from that. Um, and then just sort of use a proof of concept from the agency that I was in. Um, went to another agency that we liked as well. They liked the look of it, but obviously I'm, I'm not a developer, so had to get somebody to come in and, and do it properly. So. so your first two customers were your family agency and then another agency you sold to? Exactly, yeah. Interesting. And and tell, give me the sales pitch. When you sold the second company, not your family's company, but the second company, what was the pitch to them? Yeah, so they were actually... Um, uh, so we ran their search. So they were outsourcing their search, the, the Google ad spend to our agency. So it was kind of already half built into it, but it was two completely separate businesses. I see. And do you remember that first year of, of business back in 2016? Do you remember how much revenue you did? Uh, yeah, we did about 170,000. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's not bad for your first year in business. That's pretty good. Yeah. We got to 30 really quickly. So yeah. 30 what? Monthly, 30 monthly. Oh, 30,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. When did you hit that? 30 at the end of 2016, you were 30 grand a month? Yeah. yeah towards the end of 16, which we weren't expecting. So we thought it'd be a bit more slow, but, um, just with, um, I mean, look, my co-founder is amazing, amazing developer and, um, you know, he's rewritten and rewritten, um, lots of voice platforms before. So we could get a really good product to market. So that was good. Did you guys just decide to split equity 50, 50? Uh, no. So, uh, it's, it's a third, a third, a third. So the, um, the others in my agency, um, my family agency, um, we thought we would need sort of some sort of equity put into it there, but we actually didn't. So it's really just my dad sitting there along for a ride. So, <laughs> so it's your dad with 33, you with 33, and your CTO co-founder with 33. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Very cool. And how many total people on the team today? Five. Five, Five okay. full-time and one um, like part-time accountant. Like one day a week. Yeah. And, and how many engineers besides your co-founder? Yeah, just one, just him. So it really is just him. Wow, that's impressive. How, yeah. So how many customers is this code now supporting? Uh, so we've got 172 customers of last month. Wow, so he can, he can support all those same code base, 172 customers. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay, so 172 customers, and you've done all this bootstrapped, right? Yep. 970 ARPU, that's about $160,000 in MRR today then, huh? Yes, yeah, so last month we did one six seven. Yeah. One six seven. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's great growth. Where were you exactly a year ago? Do you remember? Uh, we were at one thirty. One thirty. Where's the yeah. growth coming from? How are you signing folks up? Um, so for us, it was all organic, and um, you know, we were in a space where you know we knew the industry as well. So we we knew a lot of agencies. I've got a lot of agency contacts. Um, the where we started the Australian market, it was. There was a few sort of legacy um, platforms that had been there for a while and, and they weren't scaling very well. So we wanted to build a platform that would scale um, scale quickly. Um, and so that's what we did. It was all organic, all word of mouth. And I guess, uh, I'm not going to say, it, but one, a lot of agency people moving around as well. So, you know, they'll take the platform and, and turn us on there. So. Mm-hmm. Do you have, I mean, so you've done this bootstrapped when you say like organic growth, I mean, when I hear organic growth, sometimes I go, oh, well, they're just not sure how they're growing, which is maybe a bad thing. Cause then you don't know how to do more of it. Right. So yeah. what is, or- I think you probably actually know how you're growing. H- how are you actually growing? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that. So during 
COVID, we we thought let's let's invest in our brand. So previously, what we've done it's a little bit different is that we're a hundred percent white label platform. So we found channel partners, and the channel partners essentially they they grew our business. So um, we went on a complete white label. So we our brand Wild Joe was completely out of it. Um, and then as things happen, you know, we picked our first enterprise, like proper enterprise client around that 15 month. Um, and then brand starts to become a little bit important. And sort of during COVID, we just thought, look, we need to start marketing ourselves a little bit. Um, and sort of from July till now, uh, we've done some ad spend. We've done some video testimonials, video case studies, building a little bit. And we would have brought on out of that 172, I said we brought on about 30 new logos in that time period so we've all had that dreaded experience where we're trying to rush and log into our email one last time before moving on to our next task and we get hit with the dreaded password verification screen it's super has a lot of friction nobody likes it the challenge is the tech leaders and security leaders at these companies need easy to use but secure logins nobody wants to be the next big data breach the solution to this and what identity champions are using is Ping Identity at pingidentity.com. It enables companies and customers to manage this effectively for not only their employees logging into internal applications, but also end customers and users who need easy to use logins that are safe and secure. If you're looking to become a champion of identity, go to pingidentity.com today to test it out. Again, that's pingidentity.com. So, I mean, what can you spend on ads to get a new $1,000 a month customer? Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't have last month's spend, but the month before we spent like $900 on Google ads. Um, it was about so there's $500 on Facebook and about the same on LinkedIn. So it was really low. Well, it's, well, so finish the story. So how many customers did you get from the $900 of spend? Yeah, so we signed up five. Okay. So 12 leads, signed up five. It was about $170 uh, cost back position. Yeah. I mean, that works, right? So now the question is, how much can you put in those channels and hold those economics? Yeah, exactly. And this is what, you know, we've, it's been interesting. I mean, I've mean, obviously been watching your show the last few weeks and really, you know, it's been really interesting. Um, so I had no idea about the sort of community space. So I was going through it all. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we tested it, but really doing our numbers is something that we've only really started to do recently. So, mm. yeah. Where, so, I mean, most of the, the 172 customers and the first two come from your agency partners, are, are, they, are they mostly agencies today? Like describe the majority of your customers. What are they? Yeah, agency partners, majority, definitely. Interesting. So, so an agency partner like your family agency would pay for a white label license to your platform and then resell it to their end customers? Exactly, yeah. Oh, I see. And then you get a cut and that cut equates to about $970 a month per agency. Yeah, so we we would essentially, so we built it into the platform where, uh, yeah, 100% white label. So they would reskin it, take it to their clients, um, put a markup model within it if they want to. So we would, the rate that would give them there's a, is a, a healthy rate that they can go and resell and put 50% margin on or whatever that number looks like or bundle it into their you know, product offering. So. And, and how, I mean, I guess they're paying you your full rate. They're making margin based on what they upsell it at. I mean, do you ever wonder, well, we should just go direct to customer and make the full margin ourselves? Yeah, I mean, 
well, I mean, we built it so that we didn't have to. And, and I guess that's why we were able to scale the way we did. So, I mean, if we did, then it's more people. Um, and, you know, we're working well, working with, you know, these key partners. It, it is interesting, though, because, you know, we are looking at, you know, what this, this point in time, what we're doing right now. But um, what we've found has worked for us, especially over the last few months, is it just new product, new features. Um, we're calling them um, power-ups, essentially. but rolling them back into these clients and, and, you know, they're loving it. So for them, it's the, you know, we know where we sit in a conversion. I mean, the, the agencies, especially during COVID, we've found they've been sort of a trusted advisor as people have been digitising um, the businesses as well. So we're, we're with them. We're in a point of a conversion. We're a technology piece into their stack. And, you know, we plug into HubSpot or Salesforce or whatever they're using to work with the end clients. So. What does your gross revenue churn look like annually? Um, I, I, I don't really know, but in terms of a logo, I, all we've worked out is on the 172 we have now clients, um, we had a total of 208 with us. So we've lost, um, I think it's around like 36 odd clients total. Um, so over four and a half years, we're looking at three and a half percent sort of logo. Um, we haven't looked at revenue, but What's interesting from those ones that have um, come off is that when we went through this period of, um, like, it was just myself and a co-founder, we were doing 70000 and we, we were sitting there going, do we, do we just keep doing what we're doing now or do we sort of go, go and grow a little bit more? Um, and I went to an agency who was, it was another one who I knew really well and they said, look, we would love to work with you but you're only two people so we don't really want to you know, it's a bit of a risk for us. So we hired somebody, he came in, um, but attracted the wrong end client for us. So a lot of those logos that we've lost are actually through the acquisition of, you know, this really small self-serve, self-bought on board. And what we found is we, we don't work well in that space. I mean, we can, they can come on and work with us, but where we work well is, is a, like an expert or trusted advisor to the agency partners. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but we definitely need to do better in terms of working out that the, the revenue churn. But I mean, everything, our clients start, you know, like the first month, it might be a hundred dollars. Then the second month, 300, then there might be a thousand and up to 2000. So, so do you, have you quantified what your, if your, if your gross churn annually is about 4%, have you calculated what your expansion revenue is annually? No. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And when you are upselling clients from a hundred to a thousand, like you just said, what are you typically upselling? Is it number of seats or feature based upselling or something else? It's all volume. So we're we're essentially a volume based uh, business. So we have volume uh, of what? Um, so uh, minutes. So number rental and call minutes. So if an agency comes on, what we found is if we when we when we give them a full self serve onboarding themselves, they'd come on, use us. Um, but they don't use the full platform. They don't use all the, they, they don't plug it into all of their clients. Whereas when we onboard, we give them sort of that one, two, three months of, look, we need to set up clients to go through because the more clients they bring on, then the more numbers they're using in terms of to advertise with. And then the more call minutes is what we're charging. So the more calls their clients are receiving is the more that we I we see. Make them, so. That's a great utility metric to upsell against. I bet, I bet if you measured your expansion revenue, it would be very healthy. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. All right, man. Very cool stuff. All right, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big reader. I like small, sharp snippets, but I, I have read um, 
uh, the Simon Sinek's, that was why, and that was good. So Number good. two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, the, in, in Scotland here, there's a guy called James Watt. He's from a company called Brewdog. It's a beer brewery. Um, I think what they're doing is amazing in this space, and you know, it's uh, it's really interesting what they're doing. And and also any Australian business or New Zealand business like Zero or Afterpay, you know, those guys are good. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company? Uh, we use Slack. Literally everything's built in Slack for us. So. N- number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, about six. Six. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos? Uh, married, two kids. Busy guy. How old are you? Uh, 35. Last question. What do you wish you knew when you were 20? Um, probably to network more, maybe. So, yeah, be, be happy to network. I think I sat back a little bit and, you know, I mean, I love it now. So, yeah, just go out there and do more. Guys, Wild Jar playing in the call tracking space. They've got 172 agency customers who resell their product to end users. Each of those agencies pay on average a grand per month. They just did $167,000 in revenue last month. So over a $2 million run rate. That's up from $130,000 a month just a year ago. So healthy growth. They're doing all this with just five people launched in 2016 and bootstrapped, which we love. MVP was all sweat equity with his CTO co-founder that wrote the original lines of code and is still doing all the coding today. James, thanks for taking us to the top. Perfect. Thanks, Nathan. Cheers.